What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Collective Sigh of Relief podcast, podcast, podcast. Dude, that New York Rangers ball, I think Luongo just tweeted this. He's like, that New York Rangers ball looked kind of heavy. You know what's funny is the motherfucker dropped it. I know. I saw saw it before it came out, didn't you? No, like when he was, you know when they go into that process where they... Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. <laughs> he drops it. Unbelievable. And then they and then it gets picked. Well, I don't think we'll ever see him again. He'll probably be fucking I think Batman gave but Gary Batman is already going through the firing process right now. Motherfucker dropped the ball of the ball that gets picked. People are going to be fucking thinking it's some sort of conspiracy. But did I not just call it? Yeah, you literally just texted me like it's gonna be the Rangers. I'm like, it's 2020, man. Expect the unexpected. What's the sexiest? What's well, the sexiest destination? That's it wouldn't, now. It wouldn't be Come like on. it wouldn't it wouldn't be the unsexiest destination like the Oilers or the Pens. It'd be something like it's 2020. Come on, yeah, figure it out. No, that was that was awesome. That was pretty sweet. Well, I mean, that's great for the Flames. He ends up in the East. Far away from us. Not of of course, the one guy who is like the generational talent of all time ends up in our division as our division rival, eh? Yeah. So stupid. But they still lost, so. Yeah, they, they still. Who, who loses to. Dude. If you listen to the last one, I apologize for the terrible audio. I was in a different spot. I'm having some laptop issues this week, so. Um, and also, if you're listening to that, I we recorded it like two days ago. But like I said, laptop issues. I wasn't able to publish it until today, so. Uh, for most people, they've skipped right over that one into this one. Coming back to McDavid and the Oilers, the Coilers, did you see that tweet I posted? In the past 13 years, the Oilers have had 11 top 10 picks at the draft. Now, that in and of itself is outrageous, but when you break it down, they had four first overall picks, a third, a fourth, a sixth, a seventh, an eighth, and two tenths. Oh. That's not even including, that's not even including Clef Baum, who was picked at nineteenth uh, overall, and Yamamoto and Everly both picked twenty second overall. You couple that with they got Drysaddle and Connor McDavid, the two best players currently in the league. They missed the playoffs, dude. It's absolutely mind blowing. It's mind blowing. I mean, it's that is some salvatory shit right there for us Flames fans, is it not? It's just it's all it's all tainted to me by the fact that they they got McDavid they got the most freak it's freak oh, goddamn luck in the entire world and got McDavid it's just all mo- it's just so how could you have the hockey world gifted to you on a platter like they did and they have done nothing with it it's ridiculous dude I don't know but the longer they do nothing with the more satisfied I become some people I think you even said this that it's a shame I don't it's a shame it's a shame that. I don't think it's a shame. You don't? I think it's outstanding. I think it's a shame that Connor McDavid, one of the best players in the entire world, and so many players have filtered through there. Like, I mean, like Taylor Hall, guys like that, who have filtered through there. I mean, even a guy like Neil Yakupov, and have just come out the other end. Just like It's just like going through a it's going through a meat grinder. You just go in, you come out, you're like just mushed. It's so, it's not good for these guys. Like, remember, what about, like, even going farther back, like, Magnus Pajarvi, remember him? He had some potential. He was a good player. That was the year after Hall was drafted. 
I mean, we are already talked about Yakupov. It's just like you go back and it's just like all these guys who have gone through it. Even Sam Gagne. Remember, he was, he was solid and then all of a sudden he sucked. Like, it was just weird. Like, all these guys go through there and then they suck. Lucic. I mean, Devin Dubnik, they, they shit him out the other end and he's he was an all-star goalie there for a while. So, oh, Edmonton. What do you oh, do? Edmonton. I, I feel like we, we talk more about Edmonton than we do on Calgary a lot of the time. <laughs> Yeah, well, like, well, we, we the reason why is because we get almost just as much, if not more, pleasure from them getting defeated than. Yeah, it's super, like, it's super fun. The Chicago Blackhawks defeating the Oilers was more satisfying for me than the the Flames making it to the second round. Me too. Not by a lot, but by a bit. I agree. All right, so we're playing Dallas, okay. baby. All right, you want anything else with the, with the lotto, lotto drafting and closing? No, I mean that is probably the New York Rangers. I know Burke didn't like it, but I feel like the New York Rangers is the what the what the most <laughs> the most like acceptable sure. palette. But like personally, I would have kind of liked to see him go to Minnesota. How they've never had a high draft pick. They need a guy like that so bad in the state of hockey. Like that that's a that's probably the best American market for hockey. They need a superstar guy like that. So I kind of would like to see Minnesota get it. But I mean, other than that, like probably like you said, the, the kind of like the cool, like oh yeah, that'll be fun to watch. It, it was the perfect blend of like fun to watch and like a team that still is bad enough that probably doesn't deserve them necessarily, but is like you can still kind of get behind. Like it's not going to Pittsburgh who finished like seventh overall, right? Yeah. And again, I'm just happy that. He's in the Eastern Conference, and we don't have to. We only have to see him twice a year. Exactly. So yeah, I'm all good with that. But the Rangers, man, like they're going to be good. Like that's they got Panarin, you know, they got Kako. Like, or, dude, Jeff like, okay, uh, Jeff Gordon has done a hell of a job there. Even beyond this, like I've really liked what he's done. This is going to be interesting. Like it's going to be cool that the New York. The reason why I kind of wanted to see him go to the Rangers, anyways. Like before all this happened, I was like. I want to see him go to the Rangers. Like for me, that was like the only team that I would kind of like like to see him go to. Well, and it's they need a kind of cool. I know they have Panarin and be- stuff there, and they got Buchnevich and they got Kako, who had a really tough year. But I mean, the, it's good for. I know it's weird when it's it's different than the NBA and stuff, where it's like all the stars always go to the big markets. Like you got LeBron in LA, you know. It's like you got Steph Curry and Golden. It's, it's different than when all these big guys go to the big markets. Like in hockey, it's like hockey players are so weird Connor mcdavid will go spend and waste his entire career in edmonton just because he wants to do the right thing so it's like it's better for the league when these big mark teams especially a team like the rangers get a superstar like it's it's better for the league as a whole yeah i just think it's gonna be cool to see the rangers be somewhat relevant again yeah me too like i mean it's been it's been a while yeah it has been a while for sure and i mean again like i i think jeff gordon's gone about this the the right way rebuilding this team he's done a really good job like i mean the turnaround this team has had like from they've pretty much this helps being able to sign a guy like artemi panarin helps but i mean they've been able to rebuild pretty quickly and become like they made the they, they almost made the playoffs this year um they're going to be an elite team pretty quickly out of this. And I don't know. I just really like what Jeff Gordon did. See, that's what I like it when it's like we talk about Brad Living's plan all the time. It's like Jeff Gordon came out. He said, here's our plan. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're doing. And they've done it for the most part. And I mean, sure, they got super lucky getting Lafayette this year in a year they, they weren't even in the, the draft lottery. But, I mean, I really like what he's done there with that team. Yeah. Okay, so let's go to first-round matchup. Uh, we got 
Okay, oh, before, boy. I guess we better, we better preface this yeah. because, um, oh, one more side note. They, the Rangers also have, what's his name? Killian Murphy is, is their head coach. <laughs> you, know the, you know the actor from The Dark Knight? Scarecrow, of course. Yeah. Is that not him? Looks exactly That's exactly like who it is. So it seemed like when we went through this process last year, which is like, Oh, uh, who do we want to play? I think we were hoping for Dallas last year, weren't we? It, well, I remember last year, wasn't it between Dallas and, and Colorado? And we were like, geez, let's Colorado for sure. Yeah. And yeah, we I don't know. And then we all learned our lesson last year. So this year, uh, I, I totally stayed away from it mentally. I just wouldn't even want to pick anybody. Although I did want to avoid the Avs and the Knights. But we said... Our new rule is we're allowed to want to avoid teams, but we just can't pick our opponent. Yeah, and I think the Flames need to learn that lesson too. Like, I mean, I don't know about the Blues. The Blues are a weird one to me because they did—they looked really shitty in this in this uh, in the round robin. Like, they looked like ass, dude. And I mean, I don't know. Like, they've been kind of up and down this season a little bit, but they won the Stanley Cup. You got to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, and then, like Vegas, I, I'm, I'm—they're my—they're my West pick. Like, I mean. They kind of got screwed last year. I I think this is a year that they can win the cup. I really do. Like I don't know. It could be who the hell knows in this day and age. But I mean, they're they're probably gonna sweep the Blackhawks. I would be not. That's my prediction. Is they're gonna sweep them. Like they are so good from goaltending to defense to like their 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 top three lines are absolutely incredible. I mean, Vegas would destroy us. The Avalanche. We've already we know what they can do. <laughs> I like you do, even for a psychological purpose. I don't think in round one we want to face them. If you face them in round two or something, or whenever it would be, I haven't looked at the bracket quite yet. But if like I just don't want to play them in round one. That's all I'll say about the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. So if you're breaking this down on paper, and we were talking about this, you and me, is I think both ra- both qualifying round and round one, the Flames landed the easiest on paper potential opponent like would you not want jets out of any of their team in that first round would you not want dallas of the remaining teams left it's exactly true like that's kind of what i was saying with my predictions going into is like if the flames had really played anybody else i don't know if i'd have picked them but since they played the jets absolutely i picked them now that they're playing dallas and i mean like i'm not saying dallas is an easy team but they are closer to the flames competitively on paper than say colorado st louis or um vegas right like they're they're probably the closest yeah. team in terms of actual on ice ability and play. It's not that it's not that they're not better because I think they are and I think they. I can't make my make up my mind yet. I think they could very well beat us, no problem. But I mean, on paper the matchup it's probably the closest matchup. Like I know Vancouver or tech, Vancouver and St. Louis are technically the four or five, but this really feels like the four or five matchup more than the three six because I just think the Flames and Dallas are really close. Yeah. And I feel like most people recognize that. If I, I was on Twitter um, before and kind of during the St. Louis Dallas game, and it seemed like most most of the fan base was rooting for Dallas to win, which 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 they did. Um, so we'll see what happens. Let's 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 go, let's start breaking it down. Okay. Um, like you like you said, it's. I think you said to me this is probably the most even series out of all the eight eight series that you have in this first round. I'm just like looking at every series and it's like, obviously there's going to be some upsets. Obviously there's going to be some teams that you don't expect to win, let you choose the don't win. Right. And this is the, this is the one where there's not like an obvious, 
especially with how how the Flames played in the, in the how these teams have played in the qualifying round. Like Dallas hasn't been very good; they've been a mess defensively. So I don't know. This one on paper to me looks like the hardest, the most difficult one to predict. Would it, would it not be? Yep, I think so. And the the level of intensity in play in the round robin, you could see a difference between the qualifying games, could you not? Yeah, I think so. So it's it's going to be interesting because even prior to this whole tournament started, we, we kind of looked at that as like the teams coming out of the qualifying round are going to have a slight edge in terms of they're already used to playing harder matchups um, on a nightly basis due to the intensity levels. So it'll be interesting to see which teams can ele- which teams that are coming out of the round robin can elevate the quickest. I mean, like Vegas looks right on cue. They don't, you know, the same with the Avalanche. Um, but Boston's really struggled in the qual- in the round robin tournament. Well, I think I, I think Dallas has struggled. I think St. Louis has struggled. Dallas has yeah. like I was looking at some charts earlier. Again, it's the sample size is way too small. But, I mean, I'm pretty sure they've been the most defensively leaky, leaky team. They haven't been able to score despite generating a lot. Um, so, I don't know. It's just like, Yeah, they've had they've had a hard time scoring goals. Yeah, I'm just looking at one of Sean Tierney's uh, team charts here. And in terms of expected goals rating, they're the worst for expected goals against by, by a mile. They're like all goals by four? themselves up there in expected goals against. against. And in goals four, let me just pull it up here, the goals four here. Um in goal, in expected goals for so like quality shot generation, they've been do they've been generating a lot of quality shots, but they haven't been able to turn those into goals. So it's it's kind of okay. weird. Okay, their their expected so goal might... differential is like is is low because they can't okay. score and they're allowing a lot right now. Yeah, that's only I mean, through four t- games. So yeah, this is a Dallas team that to you know in the past five years, anyways, historic or historically speaking doesn't score a lot of goals anyways but they rely on their defense but you're saying that right now their defense isn't where obviously it used to be right now they have the through the round robin in the qualifying rounds they have the worst expected goals against per 60 minutes of any team 3.482 expected goals against per 60 minutes the flames actually were pretty stingy defensively in this first round their expected goals against per 60 minutes is 1.9 right now so take that that's four games but I mean, just just an indication where maybe these teams are at in terms of how they're executing defensively. I mean, Dallas has been struggling the, through the round robin. Yeah. You would gotta think some of that's gonna translate. I mean, this is the only preparation that this team is this Dallas team has had, you know, for five months. So, I mean, obviously now that they're in actual playoff games, um, there's gonna be a little bit more intensity and a little bit more, like. They'll they'll be better, but I don't know, man. You got to think some of that's going to translate. What we what we the performance we've seen from these teams in the round robin will probably translate. I think I think we talked about this last podcast too. Is the Flames really need to take game one and two? Like, yeah, they can't get behind. If if we can, if you're gonna jump out and take advantage of a little bit of rust from this. Um, Dallas team, especially defensively, you're going to get your biggest advantage to do that in game one and two. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, and then, considering how they have struggled out of in this round, Robin, and you, especially defensively, and you've, your offense has been pretty solid and your defense is pretty solid, if you can kind of continue that over for the first two games and, like, win, if you can win the first two games, I think, you, yeah, you did say this last time. Like, 
absolutely, that's huge. That's huge. Yep. Okay, so today we'll focus on when we talk when we're talking about comparing this matchup and talking about this series specifically. Um, obviously, we're looking we're looking at the teams on paper, right? Like we already said, we they're pretty evenly matched. We'll go through. Uh, well, you already started it, but analyzing kind of what areas of the game. Um, but we're going to make our best assessment we can on paper. Obviously, it's playoffs. Anything can happen. you already seen upsets in the first round. But, um, I mean, already of interest is Sagan and Bishop were out for the last round-robin game, but they have been confirmed by the head coach that they're healthy to play. Um, but then it just kind of begs the question, are they 100%? Is Sagan 100%? Yeah, I I think that I think the Sagan thing is definitely more of a, a concern because I was looking at the they that's the best probably the best goaltending tam, that is the best goaltending tandem in the league this year. Anton Hudobin is no slouch, dude. He's probably well, he's, he's probably even better than Bishop, man, this year. Like he is good. He's, he's he's given us fits, even though it seems like Bishop has been the guy. Maybe not so much this season, but the past three seasons, like we can't score on Bishop. Sorry, say that one more time. He, Bishop has been the guy. It seems like every time we play the, the Stars, like we can't score. Right. Well, well I, well, I mean, we we won the season series against the Stars this year, but I mean, historically, they've wrecked us. That's like the Flames with everybody, though. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I'm just it just like I I don't think uh, I said this before the Winnipeg series. I don't think goaltending is as big as issue. Like who who actually is in the net is the biggest issue as people would make it out to be. And I think that's true here. I mean, like, if Hudobin plays, he might even be the better goaltender. Like, I was looking at some of his numbers earlier. This season, no goalie who played, I think it was 30 games, had a better 5-on-5 five five save percentage. He led the league. Like, he's no slouch, dude. He's a good goalie. Yeah. So, like, I, well, I think no matter who we play, we're playing an elite goaltender. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. And I wonder how this team does without Sagan. So... And I don't say that meaning I don't think he's going to play, but if he's not 100, unless unless they're just following some sort of protocols, like maybe they got, maybe they both got tested, yeah, something, positive, and now they're they had elevated protocol, something, right? yeah. It's yeah. it's too it's too hard to know. Um, but I mean, I if I'm the stars, I'm more concerned. If I'm the flames, I'm more. Um, the the Sagan thing is more of a big deal than the Hudobin thing. Like Hudobin could be just as good, if not better, than Bishop. But if Sagan's not in the lineup, that Wow, and then you really got to take advantage. Yeah. Do you have any more specific metrics in terms of the Dallas defense? Yeah, I do. I have it pulled up right now. So, I mean, like, I think over this season, that's the other thing, too, is, like, we're, we're pretty much judging over the regular season that we saw before the stoppage, right? I mean, the Stars, I'm pretty yeah. sure they were on a pretty nasty losing streak there, weren't they, towards the end? Like, they were kind of, I don't know, they, they, they were on a losing streak. I mean, in terms of defense... They they gen they're pretty solid, but a lot of their underlying numbers defensively, like I mean, let let's just take their expected goals against rate over the season. Expected goals against per sixty minutes, the best team in the league was. Who's your guess? Who's the best best team at controlling the shot share? The Bruins. The Stars were sixth yeah. best. Oh wow! Yeah, and in terms of their expected goal rates over sixty minutes, so. I mean, they've been this, pretty stingy this, defensively in comparison over this season. The Flames were seventeenth, 
So yeah, well, we're pretty average in every category this season. We're exactly. If if you want to know anything about the Flames in pretty much every single category over this season, they've been hovering between like fifteenth and like eighteenth. They're right in the middle. So the Stars are have been this season one of the more stingy teams defensively. I mean, I I'd really do like their defense, don't you? Like it's they've got a lot of yeah, they got a lot of dynamic defensemen on there. They got Heiskin and a great all, player. They're and they're huge. Yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna pull up their D combos right now. But I mean, like, jeez, uh, if you're if you're gonna talk about a team that may one of the teams that would have an advantage over us on D, I mean, Asa Lindell, John Klingberg, Jamie Alexiak's probably a little bit of a little bit of a who remember Nick Grossman? What did they call him? He's like a boat. But I mean, Mira Heiskin is a great player. Steven Johns has been good for them. I mean, I, I like their D, and I, I like their team D too. That's the other thing, right? Like the, their forward group. I mean, Rupe Hans is super underrated. They've had Dennis Garyanov well, there, who's been awesome too. this year. Um, Didn't Hintz, he, he was like leading the league in goals after Neil, right? Dude, Rupe Hintz is a good player. Um, yeah. And they, they also have Pavelski there too, and I know he's had a bit of a rough season, but I mean, he's no slouch as a two way forward. So, I mean, yeah. the Flames are going to be in tough to score goals. The thing that's weird is that through these first four games is that they've been an absolute tire fire in terms of preventing, like, quality chances. So, I don't know how much of that will carry over. But over the regular season, they were pretty stingy defensively. So, I'm going back here to, to confirm what you said. They they did finish the season on a, on a losing streak. They lost one, two, three, four, five, six in a row um, to, to before the break. And they so, didn't they lose every single game instead of this last one? Yeah. So yikes! That's like what and, and they, one in nine and in their scored, last ten. And they only scored one goal, right? Like, the, and they're so they're having trouble scoring. They're having some um, trouble. I don't know, man. Again, this to me, I'm looking at everything through the 2020 lens. Yeah. Right, and it's just like, I'm not surprised. Game one, Shifley and Line go down with right. injuries. I'm not surprised we we get the stars like they actually they beat the St. Louis Blues. They come from behind with a score at the end of you know, late in the. Let's just the hope. Period. Let's just hope like Kachuk or somebody doesn't go down with injury. The Flames do not have the depth or the top line talent to be like be missing one of their I, top six. I don't know. The way 2020 I think works is whatever you're like you're not really expecting the Flames to you know to make it that far, right? So yeah. Essentially, now they become one of the front runners of making it far. That's just how 2020 works. So that's how as the lens I'm looking at it through. But um, even in their in their last six games, man, they like they lost four two, one nothing, two nothing. They had shut out twice in a row. They lost two uh, one to Edmonton. Like they weren't scoring goals at the end of the season either. I I know it's it's so hard to judge, especially with how well the Flames look, how good the Flames looked against the Jets. I know they're a depleted Jets team, but I mean, still, you got to take that into consideration. Yeah. But I mean, I just look at the Stars as a, as a team, like who should like they. I don't know they could they could win the Stanley Cup if they play like they if they play like they're capable of. You know, like it's just like they have the talent. They've shown they can play a pretty good brand of hockey over a consistent, consistent period of time. They're kind of like Philly of the of the West to me. It's like everything's there for them to go on a run. It just ha- it just they just have to do it. So that's why they're a bit of a bit of a 
They're they're kind of a weird team because they're they're always they should they always feel like they should be better than they are, and they never are, right? I don't know. Yeah. I I think it like we're gonna see what we've seen with them in in the in the past three years. You're gonna see they're a big team. It's gonna they, it's gonna be very tight checking. There's not gonna be a lot of room to move around. I think it's gonna be fairly low scoring. Yeah, it usually is with Calgary so and if, Calgary and Dallas. If, if you're the Flames, you got to be prepared for that because against the Jets, we were easily be able to generate momentum off of scoring goals in bunches. I don't necessarily think you can expect to be scoring goals in bunches against this Dallas team. Uh, you might have to grind it out. You might get one here and you grind it out for another 25 minutes and maybe you chip in another one if you, if things go right. But I think if you're the Flames, you got to be prepared um, for low-scoring battles. you got to play a full 60 minutes and some of these games might go down to the wire. Well, I think this is a series more so than more so than the previous series where it's like, hey, we really need to see the Gaudreau, Monaghan, Lindholm line take over, right? Yeah. Because, I and, mean, and, go ahead. if you look at how, how the Jets matched up to us 5-on-5, five five, I think even heading into that series, the 3M line outmatched their, their lines 5-on-5, five five, and then even like to a way higher degree when Shifley and Lina went down. So you know the three yep. M line is going to be good to go five on five, but I think it just then it really depends now. Okay, we really need to. I, and I thought the Monahan Lindholm Gaudreau trio was fine against the Jets, but they need to take it to another level, obviously, because that could be the difference against a stingy team, low scoring. You got to have your best guys firing, you know. And I, I don't think we can count on that many goals from Dubé, Bennett, and Lucic. Like I mean, great series, but you don't want to be depending on those three guys to be doing the bulk of your scoring. And again, like how many different Flames players scored in that first round? Like 11? I don't think you're going to see that against like... The Winnipeg Jets were the worst defensive team in the league this year. The Dallas Stars are a very good defensive team, although they haven't shown it in the round-robin games. But over the season, they were. So you're not going to get that... You're not going to get as many high-quality chances. It's not going to be that easy to get to the front of the net, get to the slot, get those shots away from there. So your top guys are going to have to be on. But the good news is, is that they also have trouble scoring... And our defenses look a lot better. I feel like to kind of close up on that point is like, if you're a fan, prepare to to watch some frustrating hockey. Right? It doesn't mean it's not going to be exciting, but it, we might not, you might not see a lot of goals scored here. Well, how the, the, the other thing too is that I think for what I've kind of just been reading based off of Stars fans is that since they fired Jim Montgomery and hired Rick Bonus. Bonus has kind of had a stifling impact on their offense. Okay. That's just kind of what I've I've done some reading and it it kind of looks like that like I mean just the way he's rolled rolled up the lines 5 on 5. Um they they've definitely been again a, a pretty stingy defensive team, but in terms of their ability to create offense like from what I've heard from a lot of Stars fans, they're not particularly happy with how Rick Bonus has has rolled out their lines and has been managing their roster. So we'll see, and I mean, like, if you like, I guess it again. It depends well, on if Sagan's in the lineup. That's a huge hole, if not. Well, and all you have to do is look to the last six games. I mean, they hadn't won a game in six, and they're not scoring any goals. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's going to be a way different series than the Jets. I feel like the Jets again. What was their what was their big what was their big advantage? It was up front oh, with their speed, six. right? Their speed yeah. off the rush. Is there is their ability to transition from their zone and score pretty quickly off the rush? I mean, with Dallas, it's probably going to be a lot more. 
a lot more dump and chase, a lot more grind, like, <laughs> kind of like playing like a team like LA or, or I mean, to a lesser extent, yeah. like Columbus or something, right? So we'll see, man. Like, who knows? The the third line here may be the difference maker for us. If if Sagan's if that, out, absolutely. If that Bennett Lucic Dubé line um, can continue to build off, not necessarily meaning they have to have as much success as they did late in the series, but if they can still put together a good series and get some secondary scoring for this team, um, because you got to think if you're looking at matchups now. And we'll get to Corey Perry soon enough. <laughs> right now, um, if you're looking at daily faceoff, Perry slot on the third line. I think that's where he played most of the year, is it not? Do you know? Yeah, I'm pretty. And you know what? Like for most of the year, I'm pretty sure Pavelski has. I'm just gonna pull up their line stats here, but I think Pavelski's been right. He has not been. He's been kind of third, fourth, even on the fourth line. I've seen sometimes. So I, I don't know what's going on with Dallas in, in that respect. Like I mean, he's making a lot of money. Like, and he's a good offensive well, player. He really struggled out of the gate. I guess so. But the point is, is we we already know, like you already alluded to, the 3M line. They just got to keep doing what they're doing. I feel like if they keep doing what they're doing and Monty and Johnny, they got to be better, man. Like they... They do. They like that's, that's kind of one of the under... Like, again, I think they were fine. But the fact that but they, they, they couldn't fine. take advantage of of that Jets, like, beleaguered, injured, completely wrecked top top six four group. Like, they, they, they should have done... They should have done what the Dubé-Lucic-Bennett uh, line did, which was, like, yeah. feast on this matchup. Yeah. And when I say better, I mean five on five. Yeah, because they were fine special teams. But, I mean, the fact that they didn't control the quality shot share or even, like, the possession share... I know some of those games are skewed by, by power plays and stuff... But they got to take it to another level for sure. Yep. But let's say if 3M does what we expect them to do, we've seen it all year. Yep. They can play play the way they do. And even if Monty and Johnny are just that much better, right, and they at least don't lose the Corsi 4 battle, well, then that I think there's so much more that hinges on this on this third line again because if you compare it to what Dallas is rolling out, I don't know that that third line we saw in that last game against the game four against the the Jets like it has the ability and I think they found their stride I think they found what style of game they can be effective in yeah. they can wear down that defense man and you got the guys on the back end they're big bodies but they're not necessarily like daring hatchers where they they can inflict a lot of punishment I know what Klingberg has a few few big hits now and then but. If you can get those guys down low, I think I don't know this this third line might be key in terms of you know getting that cycle going and, and starting to wear down their defense a little bit. So the matchups will, for me, are are more so. I'm interested to see more so not like who matches up against who, but how Jeff Ward he did a good job of this in in the first series. Um, how he manages his bench so that he can attack in waves, right? So let's say the third line has an excellent shift like we like one like we saw plenty of game four um how to follow that up who do you follow it up with you don't follow it up with you don't follow up with a banging um shift from the, the third line with the fourth line you got to come back and you gotta you gotta pick and choose you gotta you know what i mean like i think that's gonna be for me what i'm gonna watch coaching wise how jeff wards deploys um how he attacks and waves 
Yeah, and I mean, like, that's that's kind of what we saw, too, and that's why that third line was so effective and, and a breath of fresh air compared to what we saw of the third line last year. And th- I mean, for, like, that James Neal, Mark Jankowski, Sam Bennett line in the playoffs, they couldn't, they could barely even roll four lines. And that's why I think Jankowski is so importantly slotted on the fourth line. If you can roll out those lines and they're all, you know, doing what they can do, and, I mean, if your fourth line is no liability and your third line is doing what they did in the, against the Jets and your first line can get going a bit because like the, the one constant you know is going to be great is the second line so the, and i mean the, the dallas stars like i mean they they do have some really good top line talent but i think similar to the jets right like if you look at their bottom six like i don't know if i'm super impressed like jesus christ blake como's on this team Blake como plays on their team you know like <laughs> blake como was a questionable nhler when he was with us 10 years exactly ago. So like I don't know I don't know if I'm super if I'm super enthused about their bottom four of like Jason Dickinson, Corey Perry, Andrew Cogliano, Radic Faxa, and Blake Como, you know? Yeah. Cogliano always I don't know if it's just because he was in the duck for so long, but he he always seems to be a little bit of a you know he can get it going when he play when whenever we play. Well, I know in NHL twenty he's still really fast. And and Faxa isn't that guy? Isn't he? Didn't you want him for a bit? No, I was talking about Hints, I think. Hints is good. Okay. Hints is a pretty solid player. Like if, if they have if they have Sagan in the lineup and they're rolling Sagan, which, Ben, Radulov. Yeah, which they're going to have they're gonna start with Sagan, it sounds like for sure. Yeah, and then they can have I don't know how they roll at their center Iceman. I was just looking at Pavelski's usage. He spent most of his time this year actually with Dennis Garyanov, who's who is their leading goal scorer. He's like flying under the radar. Really? Yeah. How many? How many goals? I think he. Ha- I don't even know if he hit twenty, dude. Like ba- this, dude. You, you're forgetting the kind of weird shit Dallas went through this year. Do you not remember the rant their CEO went on about uh, about Sagan and Ben? Yeah. Like that was this yeah, year. Was he called year. them like pieces of shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny. So I mean, they've been through some shit too. Like, and they, they their coach got fired because of not not racial reasons like Bill Peters, but other other reasons not related to that. I think it was like substance abuse or something like that but, i mean they've been through some shit dude <laughs> dude compared to yeah, us no it's true because then they oh yeah jim because like, jim montgomery came in last year didn't he yeah he was like he he was a college um i think i forget which university he was out of but he had been a long time oh, university he, he, guy yeah but he did a full season with them last year and then yeah, yeah. Out, out of the blue it's just like oh he's been he's been fired yeah okay so Garyanov has 20 goals. Does he? Yeah, see, 20 goals, and he led them in goals. And then you got Ben, 19, Hintz, 19, Sagan, 17, Radula, 15, Pavelski, 14, Fosca, yeah. Foxa, uh, 11. So in terms of offense, score a lot of goals. like I said, like, the, that, like, they're stingy defensively, and again, like, I, I don't watch the Dallas Stars very often, so I can't speak to this, but just from what I've been seeing is, like, there's a lot of, like, Rick Bonus has has kind of imposed this very defense-first system upon some of these guys. I mean, like, fucking Darius, like, Dennis Garionov had their most goals. That, like, he outscored Jamie Benn? What? And Sagan? Yeah. Like, so... Well, I don't know. Yeah, Ben and Sagan are so weird, eh? Well, again, like, I remember a few years ago when the, when they had just acquired... Not they they had had Sagan for a little while. They had signed Patrick Sharp and Jason Spezza. And, like, yeah. it looked like they were going to run away with the league that year. And then they didn't. Yeah. So it, like they, they, they've always been a bit of an underachieving team for what they have there. Yeah, I don't really follow them either too closely. I just you know from the 
from the the time that they make headlines because their GM or their owner speaking out about stuff. Yeah. But they they seem both Sagan and Ben seem to be kind of streaky as well. Totally. They're either like hot. They're either like red hot or this kind of like man. Where the hell are these? Dude, guys? I think there was a while there where it could have been argued that like back in the I, I remember in the 2014 Olympics, Jamie Ben on Team Canada was a fucking monster, dude. Like he was a force yep. to be reckoned with, and there was kind of like some talk. Was like, is this is he the best? Is he one of the best? He's the best power forward in the league, probably. Is he maybe the best player in the league? I don't know. He's kind of been he's been pretty inconsistent. Kind of reminds you of yep. a, of a pair of players in Calgary too. Yep. What what I will find interesting about this is, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Dallas and this is also kind of historically speaking, like they're really good at home. It feels like it. I I can't I can't vouch for that. I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> kind of feels like it though, doesn't it? Yeah, so I'm curious to see how this neutral site, I feel like playing at a neutral site actually favors the Flames. Um, I don't know, it just when you go into Dallas, you get the big, right, it's the big state, the big this, big that. They got the big crowd noise, the big home energy, blah, blah, you know what I mean? It's, it might be a little bit intimidating to go into. I mean, they do have a pretty awesome goal horn, so. Yeah. I'm gonna pull up the home records. So yeah, I, I would give the stars a market defense in ter- or defense a market advantage in terms of their defensive ability. But again, like we, they have been an absolute tire fire in these four round robin games. Like literally, the, the they've been one of the most stingy teams in the league in terms of giving up quality chances um, during the season. And now in the last four games, they've been brutal. So I, yeah. I'd give them the advantage so, defensively. Um, but I mean, offensively. I still think the Flames have the advantage up front, especially with that 3M line going 5-on-5. Five five. Well, then you have to look at, you know, recent recency bias too, right? It just right at the end of the season, the Flames were starting to kind of trend upwards, and then they pulled it together, and we saw some really good things in this last series. They have one, they have one playoff round already under the belt. And then, the you know, you look at the – on the flip side of things, the Dallas Stars lost six in a row to right before the end of break, and then – can't win a, a round robin game. Can't score. You got. I don't know. You got to think there's a little bit of a of a factor that favors the Flames there too. Yeah, it kind of like the, their their offense has been very up and down this year. I'm just looking at a at like a chart of their expected goals four percent. It's been pretty up and down, which is you know like that's pretty standard. Like most teams go through the motion, but I mean it it was kind of starting to trend upwards towards towards the end of February. So I mean they they were maybe starting to generate some more quality chances it dipped there for a while in like december january in early january but yeah like even with ben and sagan and pavelski and garyanov and radulov i still do give the slight edge to the flames up front in terms of their ability to create offense um yep like i just i just think the, the only thing the only thing that kind of concerns me is that the jets were not particularly good at two things which is generating really high quality opportunities and they gave up a ton during the season Dallas barely gave up anything and I mean even though they didn't end up scoring a lot I mean they were still they're still like league average in terms of their ability to generate quality chances but I'll give the Flames the slight edge there okay so I'm looking at home versus away uh, winning winning records I don't really go into percentage but this year they were pretty pretty similar they had 19 wins uh 12 losses at home and 18 wins 12 on the road so they're pretty even but if you go back to last year 
last year they had 24 wins, 14 losses at home, and they were pretty much 500 on the road. So they're definitely a better team at home. I had that feeling. Um, so again, I, I think the neutral site may be a bit of a more of an advantage as well because they're not, they don't have the home crowd to feed off of. Yeah, like again, I'm having such a hard time even breaking this down, like trying because it is really close, right? Like I think that I'd be, like we said, this is probably the closest series. It's just it's really tough. There's nowhere to really look and like, okay, who has the market advantage here? I think the only advantage you can point to is Dallas's ability to defend it during the season. It's like the one place, and I mean goaltending, but we've seen how much that means, right? Like, I mean Hudobin and Bishop have been great, but so Hellebuck was the best goalie in the world. So the fact that they defend really well and they have great goaltending, as opposed to the Jets who defended like shit and had good great goaltending, I'm kind of leaning towards Dallas beating us. But I don't know. Like I, that's just my initial when I look at the numbers and what I know about you know how the how the Flames kind of struggled this year a little bit. I'm kind of leaning towards the Stars a little bit. Yeah, and see, I I look at things more from a momentum standpoint. We, we talked about this before the, the playoffs began, which is the team can get the hottest, the fastest. Yeah, that's true. going to see the most results. Dallas does not look hot. Um, so unless they can they can flip the script really quick here at the beginning of the series, um, I think Calgary's got to take advantage of probably a rusty Dallas team and a team that hasn't found their groove going back to losing six straight to end, end the break. So I don't know. To me, I think that's a major advantage for the Flames um, because whatever you do statistically, you do it when you're playing your best hockey and that's generating wins, right? Um, they haven't been able to do that. It's true. I. It's just like, uh, and again, like this, this, this. With all of this going on, it's even harder to predict. Like if we were, if this didn't happen and the Flames were playing the Stars at the end of the regular season this year with no pandemic, no shutdown, etc and it was like Flames and Stars, I would absolutely take the Stars. Like, probably no hesitation. I still think it would be a close series, but I think Dallas would win six or seven games. But the fact that this has happened and the Flames have kind of found their game a little bit, Dallas has been struggling, that gives me a little bit of pause on who to pick here. Yep. The other thing, if you're looking at special teams, it's close. Calgary ranked 12th, Dallas ranked 13th, and they were off by a... 0.1 of a percentage. So Calgary, um, at a, to, to, as far as the regular season is concerned, 21.2% um, on the power play, and Dallas 21.1%. Yeah, it's play, super so. close. Even if you look at their expected goals for per 60 minutes, like it's on the power play, it's very close. Like that, this is about as close as it gets. Even if you look at like a money money puck, does this thing where they do power rankings, and it's mostly based off expected goals. Um, their power rankings and they're updated as, as games are played. Right now, the power rankings that Flames would rank as 10th, the Stars 13th. Okay. Right now, the Flames' even strength expected goals, 4% is at 50%. Dallas is at 51%. There's a few other metrics in there in terms of like shot attempts and shooting percentage and save percentage. But I mean, that's how close they are. Even when like all the advanced analytics show that these teams like pretty close the only the, the only like glaring difference i can find is during the season in terms of their in terms of their ability to the stars ability to defend and i mean their goaltending too like they had i'm just looking at it right now five on five best save percentage in the league yeah 
Not surprised. So the fact that they have, again, great goaltending, no matter who's playing, and that the fact that they are in, they're, they've been throughout the season very stingy defensively. Again, I don't know what the hell's going on there for them to go, like, I, they have one of the best expected goals for percentage in the league, sixth best over the season, five on five. And then in these four-round robin games, they've been absolutely a tire fire defensively and can't score. Don't know what the hell's going on there. Yep. So it's it's like it's two different teams. The one during the regular season who was a solid defensive team who could generate quality chances and have really good goaltending. And then you've got this team we're seeing in the in the round robin who can't defend and can't seem to score. It's weak. Like, God, it's so... I have no clue. Penalty kill-wise, um, Calgary ranked 7th and Dallas 17th. So Calgary has the better penalty kill. Um, so if, if the power play is pretty even, maybe that comes into a factor. The penalty, penalty kill was really good against the Jets too, but you know they were decimated up front a bit. I still think that for me, if we're looking at we're, sli- we're trying to slice and dice this as many ways as we can, and you know obviously you give you give the edge to to the Stars in in net, which again, when it comes down to playoffs, it can always go either way. Um, probably give them the slight edge defensively, and then you give us a slight edge up front. I think it's pretty evenly matched series. Therefore, I look more so to who's got more juju right now, um, and that's obviously the Flames. Now, I don't know how fast Dallas can turn that around. I think for the Flames, they have the edge in this series, but they have, this series will test their mental toughness because Dallas is one of those teams that you have to stick with it, Right? Like they're not going to give you, you're not going to be able to run away with games like you did against Winnipeg, right? You're going to have to, you're going to have to play full sixty minutes. You gotta, you gotta be prepared to to stay, keep yourself in games even if you're down late into the games because you might not get your goals. You never know when they're going to come. I just feel like you give the slightage to Calgary, and this 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 series will test their mental toughness. And if they want to win this series, they're going to have to be able to hopefully. Hopefully all all the guests we have on our right that they went through enough adversity this year that they'll have the ability to, to stick with it and and pull out mentally as well. Well, it's kind of weird. It's kind of like the two the tale of two teams who have been gone through very similar things. It's like two teams that have underachieved in the playoffs in a recent memory. Um, two teams that have well, two two star players in particular who have kind of been you know not <laughs> definitely the CEO of the Flames didn't come out and, and <laughs> called Johnny and Monty pieces of shit and stuff, <laughs> but I mean two two yeah. a couple of star players on each team who have been heavily criticized particularly if their their performance or lack thereof however you like if you believe in that or whatever in the playoffs yep. two teams that have kind of battled some playoff demons the past few years, haven't been able to get the job done. And two teams that have, quite frankly, completely underperformed it, like the Flames were the first seed in the West last year. I think I think it's 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 a it's one of those matchups that's just like two two very similar teams who like it's it's I the edge is gonna be so razor, razor thin. Yep. Alright, so who you taking? <sighs> I, I don't want this to count as my official prediction because I'm going to save that until tomorrow. Right now, I'm leaning towards Dallas, like I said. My gut yep. tells me the Flames could pull this off, but my brain is telling me that Dallas just just plays that brand of hockey that's just like, ugh, I don't know, especially over a seven-game series. So initially, like right now, today, 5-14 Monday, I'm feeling Dallas wins this. I think it'll be a long series. 
But I, you, I, you know what? No, I'm picking the Flames. <laughs> <laughs> Flames win. Flames win in six games. That's what I'm going with. Flames in six. I did, I totally forgot it was best of seven. I was thinking it was best of five. I'm going Flames think, in seven. I think. I think the fact that this is a longer series actually benefits the Flames because I think if you take into consideration everything that we talked about, and for me, again, the biggest thing comes down to who's been playing better recently because if they're that close anyways, and I think that's what it's going to come down to, I, I, I think the Flames are going to win this. Again, my head says stars, my gut says flames. Okay. Do you have... How's your uh, battery? Do you have time to go through any of these other series real quick? Yeah, I got 14%. We can bank some off. Okay. Canes, Bruins. I think this is the Canes time, dude. I think you're going to see the Hurricanes with an upset here against the Bruins. The Bruins have a hard had a hard time, like we've been saying, in the round robin. They just can't seem to put it together, but they are the Bruins. I don't know, man. I kind of like the Canes. What do you think? You know I love the Canes. I know you love the Canes. Everybody knows you love the Canes. There's no Dougie Hamilton, though. But, dude, I don't know if they're going to be able to beat the Bruins. I think they can do it. I think they can do it. I don't know if they're going to do it. Yeah, you know what? I'm going Canes. Come on. I get the, their offense is so good. But they don't have Dougie yeah. Hamilton, and Mrazek is still... Uh, I, I keep going back, and all of this is another close one for me. Like I think on paper, if you look at a lot of the underlying numbers, the Bruins have the market advantage. But just how how easily the Canes dispose of the New York Rangers? Jeez. Yep. Well, they look good. And again, it's just like, it comes down... like we. This is always the case. Whatever team gets hotter fast, and it's even more so the case here in 2020 when you, everybody's been off for five months. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Bruins. I'm gonna go. I think the Bruins are gonna be able to do. Like I just, I, I th- right, I'm sticking with my. I'm sticking. You with know Canes. that I, you know, <laughs> it's so weird. Like who in what world do I ever pick the Bruins or the Canes? Like in what world? Like what in what world would I bet against the, the Canes instead of 2020? But, dude, I just I just think the Bruins... I think the Bruins outmatch them in terms of... The, it's really... T- I'm, this is going to be terrible. It's just me humming and hawing this whole goddamn time. I just, I just think the Bruins outmatch them just a, enough to be able to beat them. Okay, and then we got to re... Like, usually... Like, dude, that you forget how good that Marchand-Bergeron pass or knack line is. Like, that is the best line in the no. league, probably. You you don't forget that. Like, no that's forgets. so good, and I know I know Svechnikov, like in Aho, unbelievable players, but I just think that that Bergeron line is just too good, man. Especially if they don't have, you especially sh- if they don't have Dougie Hamilton, I think the Bruins are gonna win. Usually the Eastern matchups they don't do a lot for me, but this one sure does. I think this yeah, is. They should wear their game. Whalers jerseys, is what they should do. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Okay, then we got the rematch between the Blue Jackets and the Lightning. I don't think there's any way in hell the Lightning let that happen again. There's no, dude, there's absolutely no chance. Can you imagine the fallout? I kind of want to see what would happen, to be honest. Like, they lost. Look, the Jackets, behind with Tortorella behind the bench, they're a good team, man. We've seen it. Like, they're, they're a good team. A team. They don't really have any star players, but fuck, man, they... They buy in together. They have belief. And with those two things, man, like when in games where it's kind of like you play good enough to keep yourself in a game, you can win games. I wouldn't be surprised if they win two games. 
But I, but I feel like the Lightning had this lesson last year. There's no fucking way they're letting it happen again. But then again, you get the advantage of the Blue Jackets just they're going to have they're going to be more prepared to, for those game 1 and 2, I think. Well, again, like I I thought there was no way in hell the Leafs were going to blow that game 5 the other day. Like I Dude, I was I, like I, they're not going to they're not going to do it. They're not going to be able to do it. And then Columbus just comes out and completely ex- like did you see did you see some of the stats after that? like the Leafs should have won that series. They'd win that 99 times out of 100. But the but the Blue Jackets were just able to play their game so well. So like even though I thought the Leafs were going to be able to overpower them when it really came da- down to it, like dude, I don't know, and I think it's easier to do that over a five game series, obviously, than a seven game series. But shit, dude, the Lightning need to come ready to play, and I think they will, and I think they will win this series. But I, part of me is just like incredibly interested to see what would happen <laughs> if they lost. Obviously, and obviously, I'm taking the Lightning. Series- this series is of more interest because of what happened last year. Yeah. But the Lightning did look good in the in the round robin tournament as well. I I just can't yeah, foresee think- that like if you're talking if if you put any value and if this is any true that like you know like people would you learn from like they always say oh you need to lose to win and shit like you gotta think the Lightning are gonna be ready to go this time around. Yeah, and again, I think the longer series, the best of seven favors the Lightning. If it was best of five, maybe the Jackets steal game one. Yeah. And then maybe they, you know, they can steal one more game in there, and then they pull off another win. But I don't see them beating the Lightning four times here. Again, we didn't see it last year. I'm gonna go safe pick yeah. and go Lightning. How many people picked the Lightning to sweep the Blue Jackets? Last Wasn't year? there like there was some stat on like the when you put your brackets in? There was like literally like one percent of millions who picked the Jackets to win, and the fact that the Flames yeah, and- lost, and like literally every wild card team got through. Yeah, last year was weird. So I think if I think the Lightning are going to crush the Blue Jacks this year, I kind of hope so because I hate watching the Blue Jacks. So fucking boring. Blackhawks Knights. It's you've already yeah. It's not even going to be close. Stated that that the Knights are going to dominate. This them. is going to be that if them. there's going to be one series that's a sweep, it's going to be this one. And maybe I'm getting way way ahead of myself, but I mean, dude, the Chicago Blackhawks are completely out of their league against the Vegas Golden Knights. Can we just say how sweet it would be if the Hawks make short work of the Edmonton Oilers and they get swept? They get swept by the Golden Knights. It's probably what's going to happen. That just, wouldn't that just feel even that much more better? Yeah, I don't see the Hawks beating the Knights. Um, they're this is a real fucking good team. I mean, Oilers had a lot of weaknesses yeah. that the Hawks were able to exploit pretty much. Every every game, but there's not a lot of weaknesses on the Golden Knights, so I don't I don't see I mean, any weakness on the Golden Knights outside of like maybe the fact that they don't play Shea Theodore on their top pair or their top pair like me. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think it'll be a sweep though. Uh, I I don't know. I just maybe I'm just falling into the Knights hype, and I mean it's not like the Blackhawks have been that bad as of in recent like towards the end of the season like they they got on a bit of a heater. But, dude, like, the, those Knights forwards, like, come on. Yeah. Like, there's not a better group the of forwards. Ho- than, I think their forward group is better than, than Tampa Bay's, to be honest. Like, that is an insane group of forwards. You've got Pacioretty, Stone, Stastny. You've got Marchezo, Carlson, Riley Smith. 
You got Alex. Alex Tuck plays in your goddamn third line. Like those are some. That's a good team. And it, it, actually, well, isn't somebody hurt though? Isn't Pat, yeah? Petrie's hurt. I forgot about that. Yeah, okay, maybe that factors into a bit, but I still got the, I still got the Knights all day. Leading goal scorer, yeah. The Hawks can score. I think that because of their ability to score, they'll be able to keep pace for maybe one or two games with the Knights. I just don't see them winning the yeah. series though. Knights win. All right, another snooze fest. Islers Caps. Yeah, I could care less. I mean, the fact that Barry Trotz, I think this is one that could be a bit of an upset too. Like, I expect the Caps to win, but I think the Islanders, that like. I think they could do it. Like Barry Trotz. Yeah. Barry Trotz, man. Yeah. The Caps had a really good regular season, though. Yeah. They they were good. And I mean that they could be a sleeper, right? Yeah. They could, I think, yeah. They could be I, one of those teams that like, comes through in the playoffs again. Like the year they won the cup, nobody was really expecting it. I think they, they should win, but if it's similar to the similar to like CBJ versus the Leafs or CBJ versus Tampa Bay, like New York plays that defense first style, like I don't know. I'm picking the Caps, though. You are, okay. Be- the only reason I'll pick the Islanders is because you're going with the Caps. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll pick yeah. But, again, I think that this could be a potential upset round right here. But the Caps are fucking good, so yeah. we'll, we'll see. All right. Coyotes Avalanche. Is there any way the Yotes can stifle the <laughs> offensive prowess of the Avs? I don't think so. They're gonna, I think they're going to have their hands full. I think it's going to be closer than people think. But I, I can't see it happening. How many games do you think the Yotes can win? Maybe two. Two? Maybe two. Okay. Like, I mean, the thing is, like, with Nashville, Nashville pretty much, they kind of did to Nashville what Columbus did to Toronto. It's like the Predators outplayed them, and they won because they just shut it down. And yeah. Darcy, Dar- Darcy Kemper could, could steal a game, though. For you, um, your team out of the West is the Knights. I think my team out of the West is the Avs. I, dude, I'd love to see that as a, as a final. But I, I just, I, I've always liked the Knights. Like, I like the Knights a lot. So I'm gonna go Knights out of the West. But I, I do think the Avs yeah. will probably, probably make short work of the Coyotes. Yeah. But again, who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? All right, then you got Canadians Flyers. Is this? This is probably the most. Well, this is a weird Un- one because uneven series. Like everybody picked Pittsburgh to crush the Canadians, except for there was a few analytics models that predicted Canadians to win. Yep. And I'm seeing a, I'm I, I I've seen a few. I've seen Sean Tierney's model. He has the Habs favored to win the series, but I mean Philly has looked great. I like Philly could be like how good would that would a Colorado Philly series be in the Stanley Cup final? Philly's looked good. So I, I, I can't bet against the Flyers. What did uh, Tyranny's uh, model predict for the for the Flames and the, the Stars? Uh, he's got the Flames favored. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. And then the Knuckleheads versus the ratings Stanley Cup champs. Well, again, this is a weird one because St. Louis has been, like, I don't know, like, I am not sure where they're at. I, I didn't expect the Canucks to be able to beat Minnesota. I, th- I think this one could... I keep saying this about all of them. This was the Asterix one. But this one seems maybe prime for like a stunning upset. Yeah. I, I still don't think it's going to happen. But like I no. think it has a better probability of the Canucks beating the Blues than the Coyotes do of the Avs or the Hawks doing of the Golden Knights or even of, like say, the Habs beating the Flyers. 
Like, I think Vancouver, if Vancouver could push them a little bit, I think. Yeah. So why don't you take Vancouver and I'll take the Blues? Okay, sounds good. This might be this might be a real fun series to watch. It has the potential to be really fun to watch. Yeah. I think. Because the Canucks, they can score. We've seen it. So it'll be a good good test for Blues. And we know they can keep up with the Canucks and they can play great defensively too. So, And I don't know, man. Like the Canucks, with the whole Pedersen thing, there's, there's been parallels drawn to the Sedins, but... There's a there's another there's a kind of like a feistiness to the Canucks as well. I don't think so, not not like there is for the Flames where we can actually push teams around a bit, but the Canucks aren't going to back down. So I I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how the Blues, um, how, how they how they play against the Canucks. It's going to be it's going to be soft. It's going to be fun. Last question. How much of a factor do you think we're going to see play out where the teams that just came out of the qualifying round have a slight edge because physically they've played playoff games, they've played a playoff series already, versus the teams that they're playing in less meaningful games in the round-robin tournament? I, I've, I think that we're going to notice um, a pretty big difference. That's my prediction. We're going to, at least for the first uh Two maybe three games. I think what you'll see is is teams who play who teams who showed up strongly and kind of found their game. I think it'll de- definitely benefit them for sure. Like I am not too worried about the fact that the Flyers didn't have to play. I'm not too you know like I'm not too worried about teams like that who like showed up and played well. Pretty much if you played well, I think it's gonna carry over a little bit. Like for teams like the yeah. Stars though, who's like what is going on? We can't seem to score. We can't seem to defend. Like we're like, there's so many question marks heading into the playoffs. I think like it could affect some of those teams. And even the Blues, like they didn't, they didn't win the game yeah. in the round. And I mean, maybe it's just like they're gonna turn it on when it when it comes down to it. Like, yeah. but I, I I do think like I I think the advantage will be more for the teams who are able to kind of figure it out. Um, I don't think the advantage will be like oh they're gonna just fly through this this other team. But I feel like. Even from a fan's perspective, I'm a lot more comfortable heading into Game One against the Stars, already having watched the Flames play three decent games out of four, already knowing like right? hey, Talbot's going to be starting. I already know like wow, the Manjipani line was so great, the Dubé line was so great. Like you know, there's there's some certainty. Maybe it's more like we know what we're capable yeah. of heading into it more than like all these question marks. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Because like if you're a Dallas Stars fan, you you watch your team lose six games to, to close the breakout and then they come in the round robin tournament and they get the, they finally get to win the last game where they just kind of score one goal and then get a shootout. Yeah, like if you're a Dallas Stars fan right now, you're probably feeling way more anxiety than like I said, if you if you'd been heading into the playoffs under normal circumstances, you're probably feeling a lot worse than than you would have yeah, under normal circumstances. There'd be a lot of uncertainty yeah. for sure. And maybe that's all it comes down to is like it's a mental thing and We'll see if it if it has much of a bearing or not. But I I am predicting that we'll see it. We'll notice it. All right, three thirty tomorrow. And finally, how fucking great is it? I mean, it was so awesome when the when the Jets are playing the Jets in the series. It's like every other day at least. Sometimes it was two days in a row. You get to watch the Calgary fucking Flames play playoff hockey. 